Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our very special guest, Jane Duncan Rogers. Three years after Jane's husband died, she published Gifted by Grief, and readers' response to this book eventually led her to founding Before I Go Solutions. This unusual social enterprise trains people to become end-of-life plan facilitators, helping others in later life prepare well for a good death. They also provide products and online programs for those wishing to create their own comprehensive end-of-life plans. Jane is also author of Before I Go, The Essential Guide to Creating a Good End-of-Life Plan and creator of the End-of-Life Planning Card Deck. I am so delighted to have you with me here today, Jane. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here as well. Wonderful. You know, you have a very interesting trajectory here where I am guessing you may have become an accidental entrepreneur through all of this. Yes, that's a really good way of putting it. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, I will say, Jane, this, this follows the track for many women, many wickedly smart women who are out there who suddenly find themselves accidental entrepreneurs. Something happens in their life. And in your case, it was the death of your husband, but something happens in their life that compels them to share the journey that they've had. So I'd love to have you maybe take us back to the life before, before Mm -hmm. your husband died, before you became an accidental entrepreneur, before you got the calling so yeah. that we can have a little bit of a background of what was behind this. Were you sure. always the person in your family that when there was a passing or a grief-filled experience, people came to you? Or is that something that precipitated out of this? So just give us a little bit of your background. Sure. Well, I had no previous connections with death or anything. And well, I was about 50, early 50s anyway, when my husband was diagnosed. And it was so it was a shock out of the blue. Before that, I had been working as a psychotherapist, a counsellor, as a coach most of my life. And at that particular point, we'd moved to Scotland to a very much less densely populated area. And I'd become a coach knowing that I needed to work online. That's what I was doing. But I'd always just been self-employed and that would be fine. Always helping people. And then he got diagnosed and we were stopped in our tracks. We didn't know at that point what the prognosis was going to be and Cut a long story short, 14 months later, he had died. And I was in that last year, which actually turned out to be one of the best years of our 20-year marriage. I mean, a lot of people say that, but my goodness, it was remarkable. Anyway, we received an email from a friend saying, 
you need to get Philip to answer these questions. Now, I had a quick look at that email and I really didn't like the look of those questions. So I just ignored it. But the thing is, she sent it three times the same email. And in the end, I said to Philip, right, we just got to do this because we need to get her off our back. (laughs) And the questions were things like, what kind of coffin do you want? How do you want your body dressed? What are your passwords? And really practical things. Now, by this time, we knew that there was he'd had treatment and it hadn't worked and we knew he only had a few months left. So we did do those questions, sitting up in bed together one Saturday morning. And actually, we surprised ourselves. It was quite an enjoyable time. We felt so close and loving afterwards. It was like completely unexpected because the topic was his end of life, you know, mm. But we've been good at doing projects together. So maybe that was it. You know, it was like we were still doing another project together. And, you know, those answers to the questions really helped me after he had died. In fact, I tell you one specific story because it happened very soon. The um, funeral director came to the house. I didn't know at that point that you don't have to have a funeral director, but I know a whole lot more now than I did then. But anyway, he came to the house and he said, what do you want Philip's body to be dressed in? And I knew the answer. The answer was... Philip had told me he wanted to be dressed in his dressing gown. Now, I would never have thought of that. I would have put him in my favourite shirt for him, probably. But he wanted his dressing gown because I'd made the dressing gown for him and he loved it. And I, it was so nice to be able to tell the funeral director, knowing that Philip had known that I was going to share that, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. So that was an immediate effect. But there was much later on, there were lots of other things that really helped me as well. Anyway, I wrote about this in Gifted by Grief. Here it is. I knew I was always going to write. I'd been writing a blog, so I knew I would have to write about this. And I trusted that I would know when was the time right. And literally, it's just like in novels. I woke up one morning and I thought, I've got to write. And then it poured out of me. Mm-hmm. And readers really liked the chapter that I'd written about these questions and I can remember it was the end of 2015 yeah I can remember one week when lots of people said to me both online and offline I need to answer those questions too and eventually I go okay this is a message from the universe I need to respond to it so I put on a workshop that the next January you know a couple of months later and And it filled up and there was a waiting list. And it was like, I felt like life had taken me by the shoulders and directed me where I was to go. And I had to pay attention. Mm. So that's what I did. And that's that's the accidental entrepreneur bit. (laughs) Well, you know, but what I do hear here is you actually were self-employed before this happened. So it sounds more to me like you became aligned with your highest level of of work to deliver and your most specific level of work to deliver. So you evolved your entrepreneurship from psychotherapist coach to like, this is, this is where you take your stand now. So what I want to talk about now is, you know, the subject of death has been relegated for the last probably hundred years, maybe for the last hundred years, it has been pushed out to the edges and it has been pushed away from everyday consciousness and it has grown as this denied but feared kind of rite of passage. And I'm curious, as you have gone into this work that you're doing with end of life plan facilitation and 
really going into the grieving process, if you're finding that part of your calling is to actually make peace with this, make friends with this, or if this is, you know, like, are you here to be like the one who brings people to peace with the deathing process? That's a nice way of putting it. So yes, me, and there's a few others doing this. There's not very many of us yet in the world, but it is happening. It's been helped, I would say, it's a bit of an unusual word to use in the context of the pandemic, but it has been helped by that because we all in the world have had to face up to the fact that yes, we are mortal and yes, we are going to die someday. So I think my mission is to have end of life plans be as commonplace as birth plans. Now, with a social enterprise, which is a bit like a not-for-profit, you're solving a problem that the world has. Now, if we solve that problem and we get to that stage where end-of-life plans are spoken about as birth plans are now, then we wouldn't need to exist anymore, and that would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Except for one thing. The trouble is people don't talk about death. They, d- they don't want to know about it. They think it's morbid or they change the subject or they get offended or whatever for all sorts of reasons. And that makes it more difficult. So there's a lot of education that has to be done. So I don't think we're going to be not needed anytime soon. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the education, because clearly, you know, there's two parts of this. There's the part of preparing so that everybody knows what to do when the passing happens from a practical standpoint, but then there's this emotional piece. So I'm curious in the work that you do, is most of it the preparation and the practical stuff, or do you also have additional like resources and support for the post-mortem, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I thought, you know, with a background in counseling, I was well prepared to be able to cope with the emotional stuff and I was really surprised when it hardly ever happens that people get emotional the ones that we're working with I don't know why that is we do focus on people taking the actions to do very practical things there's something about that framework I think that enables people to enter into a potentially very emotional subject without the normal emotional reactions that they might get now Having said that, it's much more challenging if you are already have a terminal illness or something like that or a life-threatening condition. But most of the people that we work with are not like that. Most of the people are healthy, but they are probably a bit older and they recognize that actually the amount of time left is less than what has been here already. And so they probably do need to do something about this. And so in a way, they're doing it in theory. And I think that's another thing that helps to make it easier to do and not get too wrapped up with the emotional stuff. So we can address that. And I train people to do that. But in a practice, it doesn't come up very often. And of course, we we refer people on to the specialists if necessary. But it's rare. I'm still bemused by that because that's not what I would expect, you know, but hey. Well, perhaps it's because as a result of doing the planning, the charge of repression, suppression, depression, denial, like the charge is neutralized at that point, right? That's true, because people tend to come in with, they're either very curious and they love the whole subject, or they're a bit, they're not really hesitant because they're, they're doing it, they've taken that step, but they are 
nervous, let's say nervous. Mm-hmm. And they are pleasantly surprised, a bit like me and my husband were, to discover that actually once you really face up to the fear, it's just like any fear, actually, its potency is much, much less. And so you're absolutely right. The process of doing your own end of life plan actually means that you come to to terms and to come at peace with the fact that you are going to die or somebody close to you is going to. Yeah, it's true. Mm, Beautiful. Well, before we go to the break, there's, there is something that I feel I want to talk about when we come back. And that is that I have noticed myself recently that there are a lot more alternatives now for how to handle things. And so when we come back from the break, I would like to pick up that thread and talk about some things that have been on my radar, like eco-type burials and so forth. But right now, what we're going to do is we are going to go to the break. And Wickedly Smart Women, we would love to have your help if you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air. Please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show. And I think especially this episode, because there's not one person who's listening who's not going to be dying at some point. So, you know, we want to be able to serve them all as well. And I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. We are now downloading in a hundred countries, which is so awesome. We just passed the hundred country mark. I got to see Scotland's got to be on here somewhere. So we're going to shout out to our listeners in Scotland. And we will also shout out to our listeners in South Africa and Spain and Sri Lanka. We'll do all the S's today. And we will be right back with Jane Duncan Rogers. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Jane Duncan Rogers, and we have something super special for our listeners here. There is a quiz that Jane has created called the Before I Go Quiz, and you can find that at beforeigoquiz.com. This quiz is going to take you about 30 seconds to do, and it has a bunch of yes or no questions. And essentially what the quiz does, Jane, is it helps them to get a bead on their readiness or help us to know what the results will give them. I've asked people right at the beginning, how prepared are you? So the answers to your question, to the questions will indicate how prepared you are. So I've taken out some of the most common questions that you would expect to get in an end of life plan, like, have you got a will? Yes or no? 
to some of the, the least expected ones. <laughs> and then your answers, according to what you put in, you get a sense of, okay, I'm, I'm actually not too bad. Some people get a surprise. And other people, in fact, this is much more common, actually go, ah, right, okay, I didn't even think about that. Because there's loads of things in an end-of-life plan that people don't think about until we introduce the idea. And then it goes, well, of course, well, of course, you know, but we don't think about it. So so that's what the quiz will do for you, get you clear about where you need to go next. Beautiful. Well, I, I myself have been, was triggered by the corona to get my act together in that area. And I'm working with my attorney now to do the will and the medical power of attorney at the very least, you know, those two things need to be taken care of. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been fascinating because my mom was exceptionally prepared. My mom was talking about dying from the time I was like a child. (laughs) She was like, this is what I'm wearing. This is my funeral home. This is where I'm going. This is what I want done. And like, For years, it was like my mother was already ready to die for like 40 years before she died. So I kind of went in the other direction. It was like so much. There was so much of it in my life that I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to go there. But now I'm I'm going there. And so one of the things that I mentioned before the break is. I've been noticing that there are alternatives now that weren't there before. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about that. If you have anything that you'd like to add about, you know, these eco alternatives and and things that we wouldn't necessarily be thinking about as possibilities. Yeah. So basically people still think about burial or cremation, but nowadays a green burial, for example, or sometimes called a natural burial is much more of interest to people because of the concern about the environment. And the green burial basically means there'll be a, a, a designated site to have your body buried in a place that doesn't have a headstone or anything like that. Might have a tree, but you can't indicate where that person is. And the whole point is that the body goes in there, it can't be embalmed, it can't have anything in the ground that composts easily. So that's one element. But talking about composting, the human composting is now available in Washington State, I think it is, probably going to happen in other places very soon, I would say, now that the seed has been planted. There is an organisation called Recompose, who have got funding to, I saw a program on it, it was amazing. Anyway, you basically compost the body (laughs) in such a way that it is very environmentally friendly and it happens in a much quicker time, just like your normal garden compost, than it would put into a coffin and put into the ground. And then there is water cremation. That's what Archbishop Desmond Tutu chose when he, well, he had planned this before he died. So this was in his instructions to his executor that he wanted to be cremated using water instead of using fire. So traditionally, we've just thought of cremation and cremation equals fire and burning. But actually, there are other options. Water cremation is one of them, but it's very new again. However, if you're interested in this sort of thing, it really works to do a bit of exploration because It needs people at the forefront of these things to bring them into the mainstream. There's lots of other ways as well. Of course, I mean, for example, I've decided, despite the fact that I'm very environmentally friendly and all the rest of it, I've decided that I want to donate my body to medical science. Now, if you want to do that, you really do have to be planned in advance because you can't do it. People coming after you can't do it. You have to plan it in advance and fill in the right forms and all the rest of it. 
and bodies are needed. Well, I don't know if they're needed now after COVID, but <laughs> they were when I decided I'm going to have to check that out, haven't I? <laughs> so it really pays, if you care about this, to do a bit of research, maybe to read my second book, which is Before I Go, The Essential Guide to Creating a Good End-of-Life Plan, because we explore all the different ways in there. And of course, there's always going to be updates. It's probably out of date, that book, by the minute I read and the minute I wrote it, you know, but there's lots and lots of really good information and resources still in there. Beautiful. Well, I just want to have people hear that there are things that you don't even know that that are available to you. Like, yeah. And once you sit down and do this work with an end of life plan facilitator, which, you know, that's that's the next level for you, Jane, is you're now replicating yourself with these end of life yeah. plan facilitators. So if there's anyone who's interested in that, you know, becoming an end of life plan facilitator, then I would highly encourage you to get, first of all, do the quiz because everybody ought to do the quiz, but definitely get in touch with Jane about that possibility as well, because yes, or, you know, this is something that every single human being requires. This is not a niche thing. This is like required by every single human being. I really loved to Jane, when you talked about how your husband wanted his dressing gown yeah. that you made him because, yeah. you know, there are things that you don't, even if it's somebody that you're intimately involved with, you don't necessarily know what they would actually want or choose. And don't you want to honor that person yeah, at the do. end of their life? So having that information is really important. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about the end of life planning card deck. Cause okay, yeah. that, that, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my God, this woman is really like doing all the things to help people and to make it as easy as possible. So can we yeah. talk about the card deck? Yep. Here it is. It's a hundred cards in a little box and they come in each of the seven sections that comprise a good end of life plan. And the all the questions in the workbook that we also sell are on the cards, but they're just like, I'm going to take one out and, and read it out. There's So, for example, in the legal and associated documents section, there's one for power of attorney for finances. So if you haven't done that yet, Angel, then that's what you need to do, <laughs> as well as the medical one. Under your the advanced care planning section, there's a card that says your advanced directive, what you do not want. Lots of people don't know that the advanced healthcare directive is the statement that you make, a legal statement in many places, not all, but many, where you say in writing the kind of treatment that you don't want at the end of life. And that's really important because you will get treated in the Western world, we will get treated, whether we like it or not, if we can't speak for ourselves. Of course, if you can speak for yourself, it's not a problem, but you don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen. So the thing about the cards is I was wanting a more lighthearted way of dealing with a subject that many people find a bit heavy and dark. And this has proved to be the case because you don't have to make a decision. You could just say, oh, I'm just going to pick a card and then I'm going to meditate on that today and discover what my thoughts are about that particular thing. Or there's different activities in the card deck that I suggest people to do with either on their own or with family or friends. And the purpose of it is to get people to take action, to make decisions, to get them written down, to communicate. And that's what it's all about, really. So mm. if you want a different kind of 
meal around your table or a different kind of card game, this is definitely it. (laughs) Definitely it. Well, I love too that you've taken something that could be seem very overwhelming and complicated, you know, from what it sounds like, I'd love to get a copy of the card deck myself just to see, but from what it sounds like is you've broken it down into baby bird bites to make it much more digestible Mm -hmm. and to also, you know, be comprehensive in terms of all the different things that need to be thought about. I think that's another reason why a lot of people do push this off to the side Mm -hmm. or, you know, send it off into the back corner that says, oh, that's something I'll think about some other day is because there are so many areas that need to be looked at between the legal and the health and all the things. All right, Jane. Well, in the last few minutes that we have before we go, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you actually train others to be facilitators in this. Okay, sure. Well, the very first thing that they need to do is their own end of life plan. (laughs) And actually, that's one of the things that people are attracted to. That's the standard that I set right from the beginning for myself as well. So they all know how challenging it is to do it. And so therefore, they're well prepared and have a lot of credibility when they come to work with their own clients. But then after that, we go into their three parts. Part two is going further in depth into areas that have been looked at already, like bereavement, advanced care planning, having end of life conversations. But we focus on how do you teach people to do? How how do you help people? Because it's a different set of skills helping people from doing it for yourself. Then we teach people about how to run a group online and offline and also work one-to-one and how to, because actually what we are about is helping people get it done. Because what I've discovered in these last five years is that even when people say, oh my goodness, this is a good idea. And even when they have the best of intentions, they quite often don't manage to get it done. Life gets in the way. It happened for me too. We understand that, but it's made much easier if you can share the journey with somebody. And that's what our facilitators provide. So they're trained to help you get it done, to do what you said you were going to do. And then our last section is about marketing and how you're going to get out there and actually make an impact. And then we have a community to belong to as well after they have become licensed. So, yeah, it's good fun. Beautiful. Well, you certainly have made a comprehensive dent in the end of life planning sector for sure. You've done such an amazing job. And the last thing before we go, which we got to go right away, but you are doing this under a social enterprise. Is that like a nonprofit? Is that similar to, okay. Okay. Great. Awesome. All right. Well, Jane, it has been absolutely delightful to have you here today. I'm so grateful that you're doing this amazing work in the world and listeners. We do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that number for you in the show notes. Really seriously take the quiz before I go quiz.com. I'm going to take it myself. I told Jane before we got on here today, when we were in the green room, I said, yeah, I'll probably get about a five. So I I need to bring that up to 10 for myself. We do encourage you to send in questions or guest suggestions to us here at listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. 
Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.